CommercialAppeal.com, featuring the Tiger Basketball Podcast, the Grizzlies Podcast, Chris Harrington's Pick and Popcast, the Tiger Football Podcast, plus interviews with newsmakers, exclusively at CommercialAppeal.com. The following is a CA original. This is the Grizzlies Podcast with the only beat writer the Memphis Grizzlies have ever known, Ron Tillery. Sitting here with Grizzlies General Manager Chris Wallace. And we're in Phoenix, and we're going to do a wide-ranging talk. First of all, Chris, how long have we been together? You came in... Um... I came in in June of 2007, uh, the weekend before the draft. That's right, that's right. That's coming up on a 10-year anniversary here, and if I make it to June, all right? It's our anniversary. Yes. That's assuming I make it to June, too. What are you buying me? Uh, you know, I already got you a gift, a backup point guard. <laughs> we should be going to the jewelry store and find out what that 10-year anniversary gift is. Well, we can start there. I mean, uh, you made a, a rouse move and addressed the need, I guess, for an upgrade at that position, a backup point guard, by bringing in Tony Douglas. I'm assuming because of the timing, this is not a decision you made lightly. I mean, it, it was very thought out. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Tony... Did a terrific job for us, Ron, on his initial stint with the Grizzlies, that 10-day injury exception situation back in December, and filled in very admirably. I mean, I believe we were like 5-1 and one with him. Mike Conley wasn't there. We had that great win at Gold, with Golden State. Uh, I think he had the last six points in the win at, against Portland. But there was a cost that had to be paid to bring him in. Uh, and that was a waving of uh, a young player that's, that's got a real future in this league in Troy Williams. So we didn't take that lightly, and that's why we, we took our time to liberate on this, but we felt now was the time to, to bring him in. You know, and, and there's a bit of outrage. I know you're not on Twitter. It's a segment of Grizzly fans that rather you kept, I guess, a promising talent in their eyes in Troy Williams. But can you just talk about the possibilities of perhaps? Unfortunately, you know, there's a real, there's a confines with the wherever, how many, if you're up against 15 man roster, as most teams are these days, we're going to bring in a bona fide veteran point guard who could shoot the three, that can guard, particularly guard dribble penetration. And this is a unique situation, Ron, because we know what we're getting. He came in and spent time with us. We got to know him. Uh, he played well. Fisdale knows him from Miami. So it's a different than the normal pickups that we do uh, from time to time uh, with, with basically new players. So, but again, unfortunately, there's a, a price that has to be paid because you got to move somebody off that roster in order to bring him in. How would you gauge the chances of you guys doing something else by the deadline? I mean, it's very hard to handicap. You just don't know what's going to await you at opportunities. Like, for example, the deal last year with the Clippers of Jeff Green. We had talked, but I, I didn't think there was anything going on there. Then, boom, that resurrects 30 minutes before the deadline. So it, it's hard to say. I mean, we're happy going the post-trade deadline part of the schedule with what we got. We think this is a team that can make some real noise in the playoffs if we can stay healthy. So if that's the case, we're fine. But we'll always look for ways to uh, enhance the team if at all possible. You've been the overseer of six straight playoff appearances and also witnessed guys make – multiple all-star teams. So Marcus Hall goes back to the all-star team for the all-star game for the third time in his career. How remarkable is that accomplishment uh, given 
his recovery from a broken foot. The Marcus Soul story in itself is quite a remarkable story. I want to go back and digress here to when he, he came to Memphis and played at Lausanne. Nobody in town that saw him in high school, well, I didn't have a chance to see him, but believe me, people told me about it when we did the deal with the Lakers. Nobody thought he in town thought he could be an NBA player, let alone an all-star. So the amount of improvement he's done since that age, I mean, think about this. We've got a three-time all-star whose brother what, was rookie of the year at one point, second pick in the draft, I believe. And he he didn't have every college in the United States lining up to give him a scholarship. You know, just a, just a handful. None. Of, I don't think any of the real big-timers in the country went after him. And now look at him. I want to stay there for a second because while we're reminiscing, I remember sitting down with you just like this, and you said, Ron, this kid is just not a throw-in. You know, like you told me about how he transformed his body, what it meant to be MVP of the ACB League over in Spain, and I wrote this article, and boy, did I get killed. Artillery, uh, you're just a mouthpiece for the Grizzlies. That's just PR, blah, blah, blah. But you knew exactly what the possibilities were. He was in the 2007 draft as a 48th pick. We chased him in that draft, tried to acquire a pick, and couldn't get it done. The Lakers took him. If he was in the 08 draft instead, coming off his performance in the 07 08 season in Spain, he'd been a top 10 pick. I mean, he had open eyes to that extent. So we weren't the only ones that felt this by then. He was the, the, the top player in the Spanish league, which is year in, year out, the best national league in Europe. He was considered the best young big man in, in Europe. Uh, it would have been easily in the top ten. And that was very well documented at that point. But, again, it's remarkable when you consider most of the players who become big-timers in this league, you could see that coming from a the time they were in high school. You know, every school in the country wanted them. They're very high picks. I mean, he, his first school, he, his stop for school in Memphis was White Station. He didn't, he didn't last there and moved on. And, and when we were getting drilled for that Lakers trade, I can't tell you how many people came up to me and said, he couldn't play for White Station High School. You think he's going to play in the NBA? Well, as a matter of fact, God rest his soul, even the late, great Gene Bartow wasn't a fan. So maybe it's a good thing I never saw him play in high school, all right? He's just been fantastic with us. Now, this is, what, ninth year that he's been here. It's been a, it's a hell of a run so far. There's no end in sight. His arrival, you know, coincided, among others, Zach and Mike and Tony, with this string of six playoff appearances. And in the process, you go around the NBA, if, if all the coaches and general managers voted for who they thought the best center league is, I think he'd come out on top. Like I said, we can fast forward to now has defied all odds. He's just turned 32, and he's arguably better now than he was before he broke his foot. I mean, he's having a phenomenal season, Ron. I mean, he's particularly lately has been so aggressive offensively, looking for the three, taking the ball into traffic when necessary. I mean, he's been on his game. This has been his statistically, I believe, his best year. Uh, he's aging like a fine Spanish wine. Uh, and, uh, and there's, and there's going to be many more years to come. I mean, look how, how to a higher age level guys are playing today. Like Vince Carter. Look at his brother Powell. What's Powell now, 36? Yeah. I mean, you just go on and on. It's, it, we've talked about this before. Uh, wasn't that long ago when that 30 was a real Mendoza line. When guys crossed that, that 30 years of age strip, the end was like right around the corner. 
It's not the case now, particularly a big man like him. He can stay healthy. I mean, God knows how long he can play. So he's rebounded extremely well from that navicular bone surgery last February. Uh, he was right on point with the rehab, which is extremely crucial in return to play from that injury and has uh, never been better. You, you even said you had to recruit Mark for that first max deal, I believe. And so the first initial contract. Oh, okay, yeah. Back in um, 2008, that was my trip to Spain and Italy coincided with the Tigers playing Kansas and, and that whole Final Four experience, UCLA. And so everyone in Memphis went to San Antonio. I went to Girona, Spain and Turin, Italy to recruit him and talk to him and meet with the family for the second time. And it was no given he was coming over because he was doing extremely well in Spain, had a great comfort level. The top Spanish teams were a hot pursuit. The uh, Euro was stronger than the dollar then. There was an imbalance. And so those teams offered contracts that were comparable to what we could do. So it really came down to the to the final, mo final days. And I was losing a lot of sleep over that. But as I've told you before, what sealed the deal from us going forward and making that final push is when Mr. Heisley had a conversation with Pal Gasol because Mr. Heisley was extremely fond of Pal. Called him up, talked to him, and Pal told Mr. Heisley, he says, my brother can be better than I am. That was the end of that. We're, <laughs> we're signing him in, all right? <laughs> I guess that brings me to this because, I don't know, outside of Mike Conley, you probably know Mark as well as anybody in Memphis. So why, why, what do you think it took to get him over the hump? A lot of uh, Lionel tried, Jaeger tried, but Fisdale has somehow gotten this guy to say a bad shot for me is better than an open shot for some of these other guys on the floor. And that's how superstars think. What do you think it took to get him there? Well, first of all, Mark is as team-oriented individual I've ever seen. The whole structure of the team, the team dynamics, is so important to him. It's in his fiber because this is the way he was raised in the game in Spain. It just wasn't, you know, in his basketball nature to be a guy, that, you know, shoot a high volume of shots, maybe take a tough shot here and there. And now it's not like he didn't perform for those other coaches. I mean, he, he was starting for us from day one. He has stepped it up offensively, and Fisdale should be given credit for really pushing the concept of, hey, you can be an elite three-point shooter. And what this will mean to our offense, you, once you make a few early in the year, they got to honor you. I mean, even if you have a bad day and miss all of them, the, the defense is going to be looking at you, and that's going to get, make it easier for other people to operate, particularly around the basket. So that's been huge for us, lifting Mark and his ability to knock down threes. Unfortunately for Mike Conley, he did not make it. I don't know. How did you react to that? I mean, I, we know Mike's disappointed, but in, in terms of the year he's having, how did you react? I was disappointed as well. I thought Mike was deserving. Uh, unfortunately, that back injury probably cost him the all-star slot because he was really roaring at that time. You know, I, I, I think he'll be rewarded and, and hopefully as soon as next year. He may not have officially made the all-star team, but he's our all-star. Uh, we would not have had the success we've enjoyed the last six years, turned around the perception of his franchise without Mike Conley's immense contributions. And you saw what he's capable of doing in close games in Utah in the fourth quarter. I mean, they, were, they had no answer for him, making shots all over the place. He, he's just one of the elite players in his position in the game. 
and, and it has meshed so well with the greater Memphis community too. He's just synonymous as Mark and all of our core guys are with the city. You know, in that Utah game, Zach Randolph was vintage Zebo, and I think it's uh, whatever drop-off he's experienced over the years has been kind of minimal. Would you agree with that? Oh, I definitely agree with that. And I've always been in the camp that Zach can play deep, deep into his 30s because he didn't have any athleticism to lose as he aged. His game was never predicated on athleticism. It was all about know-how and savvy of how to operate around the rim, physicality, the, some of the best pair of hands that's ever played the game, uh, and an ability to understand leverage, much like an alignment of football and the necessity of getting the first lick in and being the aggressor. I mean, he had some post moves the other day that were just absolutely exquisite. I mean, reminded me of some of the all-time greats. It gets a pretty tough guy to go against, a Rudy Gobert. That was a fantastic game. That's one of the most memorable games I, I, I'll, I'll have when my career winds down to Zach. And, and I don't think the end is any, any time near for him either. I think he can keep going for quite some time. We talked about Fizz demanding that Mark steps out the three-point line. He obviously put Zach on the bench. But I want to I wanna get your opinion on Fizz. You know, rookie head coach with just a little bit beyond the, the halfway mark on the schedule. From a, uh, let, let's give him a, a performance review right now. I mean, how has he performed in, in this job? Well, I think he's done extremely well. When you see the results, when you watch him in the sidelines, the opportunity like we are to see game after game, he's clearly a natural. Even though he didn't bring any head coaching experience here, uh, that's the only thing he lacked. He belongs on the, running a team. Uh, he's comfortable making all the tough decisions, both in-game and out-of-game, that you have to make in this business. Uh, he's put his stamp on this team in a very positive way, for particularly Marcus Gasol being lifted, shooting more threes, pushing him to be more assertive offensively. Same with Mike Conley. He's just been fantastic, he and the entire coaching staff so far. How would you answer, and I just heard this today, critics of your player development. You're still relying on the core for 40-year-old events very heavily, and now you have Tony Douglas. I mean, I know you guys have invested a lot in the resources for player development. So how do you see that part going? We're not allowed to have Vince because he's 40 years old. I mean, is there some rule out there? I mean, well, he's still pretty effective. Yeah, you know, I don't know if anybody's looked lately. He's, he's over 30 guys are doing quite well. I believe LeBron James is over 30. And, and I adhere to the adage that it ain't broke, don't fix it. Why would we get rid of all these guys? They perform at a very high level. We can win games with them. We're trying to bring along younger players as well. Jermichael Green has certainly flourished with us. I think basically because he got an opportunity, we've worked with him. We gave him an opportunity he never had before in his career. I think he's done extremely well. At one point or time this year, Ron, we've had very strong performances which have helped us win games from all of our other young players. We've had it from Andrew Harrison, I mean, Andrew's in the rotation. Well, the Grizzlies were 7-2 in the nine games that Mike Conley was out with Andrew starting. No one would have thought that was possible when Mike went down with that injury. So, I mean, he has certainly earned his keep. Uh, Jarrell Martin has helped us. He's on an assignment in Iowa right now, but we've had some very good games from him. Troy Williams, unfortunately, who we had to weigh, but was starting at times and helped us win some games. Uh, and D.D. Davis, unfortunately, he's been injured a great deal, but we've seen his ability to block shots and go back to that Cleveland game on the road in mid-December when he's suffered the, 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 the terror of the plantar fasciitis 
the, the plantar fascia, I believe it's called. Get my medical terms right out of Gray's Anatomy. But he was really rolling in that game, running the floor, catching the ball, dunking on, on rolls to the basket, blocking shots. We think he has an enormous future. So I think we're bringing these guys along. But when you're a team that's pushing to go deep in the playoffs, you're in your window, it's hard to develop a mass of young players and also play your veterans and be in a position to win every night too. It's hard to serve both masters. That brings me to how I want to end this in terms of uh, when people talk about the ceiling for this particular team, Chandler Parsons comes up. We talk about how much can you get out of Chandler Parsons and how strong your backup point guard could be. Well, you've checked one box. What are you expecting from Chandler Parsons this season? Well, Chandler is playing more and more minutes as we go along. He's had some very good games that have helped us. The intent of this program we've been on with him, uh, this minutes maintenance and just getting him ready, is to be able to unleash him late in the year and in the playoffs. That's, that's definitely still in the cards. We're excited we have him. He just provides a versatile wing player at that size with the ability to shoot threes we haven't had. So still very bullish on him. And I think this is a team that still has its best basketball in front of us. I wish we'd have been more consistent up to this point and have a few more wins. I mean, we've had some huge wins. I mean, the comeback at Golden State, beating the Warriors at home without Mike, the win down in Houston. I mean, we've done some great things this year. So I think if we can be more consistent from this point on, we got a chance to, to go much further up in the standings and not only get in the playoffs. And we're a team people aren't going to want to play in the playoffs. I mean, we've had success against all these teams at one point in time or another. And playoff basketball starts to slow down a little, come back more the way we play, too. Do you think if this team stays healthy, it can make it back to the Western Conference Finals and, and play for a chance to go to the finals? You know, I'm not in the prediction business. You know, I'm not going to be Joe Namath or Chris DeGreek, like Jim, the, the late, great Jimmy DeGreek. I'm just going to say I have an enormous amount of confidence in this team. I think as long as we can stay healthy, we're going to continue to get better and better. Fizz is going to fine-tune this team. And I, I think we're going to be extremely dangerous come playoff time. Extremely dangerous. All right. That is Business General Manager Chris Wallace. I hope to see you in June. That would be wonderful, Ron. Well, you know, it, it, buy me an anniversary gift, right, if we do that, all right? I'm just talking about the 10-year anniversary. Like, I, I'm not in the prediction business either. I can't predict whether you'll be in the draft in June or playing <laughs> play in June. We're playing in June. That's a big enough gift right there. You can keep your money in your pocket, all right? All right, another edition of the Grizzlies Podcast. We'll be back at you next time. This is the Commercial Appeal.